Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. So for the first time in a long time, I actually have a good reason why there was no Friday podcast. It's, it's good. It's good. It's because it was my dad's 84th birthday. <laughs> I'll tell you, if that's a reason to maybe take the night off, then the reason does, does not exist. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm not taking the day off for the Monday show, mostly because we got a busy week ahead of us. Crazy busy week ahead of us. Um, oh, did I mention I'm the aforementioned host uh, of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. There we go. Had to get that in there. Uh, in case you didn't know, my name is like all over the place. But just again, I know I was introduced, but just again, I got to I gotta say it. Uh, I'm that type of, I have that type of ego where I have, to, I have to hear my name at least twice. Once by the announcer and then once, of course, by moi. Um, so yeah, we got a busy week ahead. There is at least two reports coming out every day this week. Uh, that's including today. Usually Monday is nothing. We got two reports coming out today and then multiple reports on Thursday. I think multiple reports on Wednesday. And then I think even Friday we're getting two reports. So it's a crazy busy week. That, however, is not where we are going to be starting. Where we are going to be starting with is some interesting data on Wilmington, North Carolina, where I, of course, broadcast out of and like to talk about what's happening here in the Wilmington housing market, or in this case, we're going to be talking about the rental markets. And what I love about this is that I saw, you know, over the weekend, I saw two articles. One was in the New York Times, and it said, a new holy grail in the housing crisis, statewide rent caps. And what it was about is Washington State is looking to pass a law that would limit annual rent increases to, I think, 7%. Uh, Oregon and California have passed similar measures. Now, what's funny about that, what is one thing that Oregon and California have in common? (laughs) It's crazy high housing prices. So it's like, why would you be copying a state that is known for having unaffordable housing and you're like hey you know what we should do that (laughs) that's what we should do we should pass a law that a state that has unaffordable housing but so 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 it's funny so i saw that and i'm like oh my god i mean this is why don't you just build more you know that's 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 the solution but here's what's awesome is that there was an article in the washington post this weekend from the editorial board about how governors in a lot of states and we've talked about it here. Even California, Governor Newsom's doing this. Uh, they're now, you know, for the longest time, governments always looked at housing from, because that's what they control, is the demand side, right? You know, you lower interest rates, you create more housing demand, you raise interest rates, you lower demand. And so whenever there's an issue with affordability, the government's always, oh, we got to lower rates, we got to make it more affordable, or they'll do something else, you know, make it easier to get a loan and, 
we all remember the results of making that decision, making it easier to get loans, no doc loans, uh, people lying about their income, and then all of a sudden major, major defaults. Let's not go down that road again. But they've always looked at it from the demand side issue. And as a YIMBY, the argument we always make is that it's a supply side issue. Uh, American housing is, what, 4 million homes underbuilt. We, if we had 4 million homes, we would be where we should be, which would make housing a lot more affordable. I mean, one of the reasons why we've seen home prices skyrocket, sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, rates fell and that meant people could afford more homes or afford, you know, more of a house. So that caused prices to rise, but it was really because demand skyrocketed caused by the lower interest rates and there was no increase in inventory. And so the solution is building more. And a lot of times when we have this debate, this sort of YIMBY versus NIMBY debate, it's very sort of academic we're talking in theories and we don't really have any real world data to look to because it's hard. It's hard to find a government that is doing it correctly. <laughs> you're, just, you're just not going to find it. But here's what's amazing is that Wilmington is doing it correctly. And they're building. They're building to meet demand. In fact, they may even be building to surpass demand. And that is resulting in lower rents. And this is not in theory. This is happening. And so let's break it down for you. So um, there's some data released from RealPage. That is a real estate analytics company. And they release charts and, and things of that nature. And back in January, Jay Parsons, who is the head of economics at RealPage tweeted about the top 20 U.S. metro areas for apartment supply growth in 2023. Guess which city was on that list. <laughs> there, was, there was 20 of them, but guess which, which one was on there as well. Wilmington, North Carolina. Wilmington was tied with Nashville, Tennessee at seventh because they both saw their year-over-year -year apartment supply grow by 7%. So they were 7th, 7% year-over-year supply growth in 2023. Uh, in case you're wondering, Huntsville, Alabama took the top spot with 15.6% growth, followed by, what is that, Soy Falls in South Dakota, Port St. Lucia in Florida, Lakeland, Florida, and then Myrtle Beach was... At 7.9%. They were in, all, all those were in the uh, top five. But what I really care about was what happened with Wilmington. So, oh, also Charlotte and Raleigh were just outside the top 10. They were actually tied with 6.4% growth. <laughs> just to get, this is happening kind of all over North Carolina. But here's what's, what's crazy, or not crazy. And it's crazy that you haven't seen more people talking about this. So Wilmington, 7th. Metro area, the top seven metro area to see. A, <laughs> that was a very oddly word sentence. Wilmington was the, saw the seventh most 
apartment supply growth. If that, that still sounds kind of weird. Whatever, we're moving on. So what was the result of that? Well, last week, Jay Parsons tweeted about rental markets that were seeing the biggest drops to start 2024. And surprise, many of the same markets that had big increases in their apartment supplies are now seeing rent prices fall. Now, of course, what they're talking about are class C rental units. Those are properties typically more than 20 years old and located in less desirable locations. So not exactly the cream of the crop. But here's the thing. I know from looking at Wilmington, the majority of the places that are being built are what we would define as luxury apartments. I mean, they're nice. They're nice places. They're not building a lot of quote-unquote affordable workforce housing, whatever it may be. And what's so awesome about these results is so here you are seeing builders building the, oh my gosh, luxury apartments that everyone hates, right? You know, people, even people who I would consider somewhat on my side in this fight for wanting to see development, but they're obsessed with affordable housing and we only should build affordable housing. We shouldn't allow any luxury places to be built because that doesn't help people at the bottom of the income ladder. Well, actually it, it does. <laughs> That's here's what's so amazing about what's happening in Wilmington. So not only are we seeing rents fall because apartments are being built, proving that yes, supply does matter. That increasing supply does matter but you're seeing rents fall for people at the bottom of the income ladder, even though we're not specifically building for them. So this is like a Yimby's dream result. I could not have done this. I could not have created this in a lab to be any better than it is. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. It's everything that we have talked about here on this podcast in theory. And here it is happening in my backyard. Exactly what I've said, right? Just build. Everyone will benefit from the building and everybody is. Because here's the thing is that um, here on the show, we talk about the data that we get from apartment list. And I think it has year over year rents down... I thought I put it in here. I guess I didn't. Um, it has like rents down three or four percent. So that's just that's just overall rents are down about three or four percent. Class C rental units are down eight point eight percent in Wilmington year over year. So you're actually seeing a bigger drop in the Class C rentals, and it's exactly and why is exactly what we've talked about here on the show is that because when you see an overabundance of supply, it sort of causes a domino effect, a trickle-down effect. I know people say, ooh, trickle-down economics. It's a dirty word. It's not. It's a great word. And it's proof of what's happening right now. So what happens is, is that you have a luxury apartment, let's say in North Carolina, or let's say in Wilmington, running for $2,000, $2,500, I don't know, whatever it is. So then you have a new building that comes out, beautiful building, even nicer, 
and they put their rents at $2,2500. Well, the old building has a, an option. They have two options. They can either make improvements to be as good or better than the new building, or they can lower their rents. Now, they could also just choose to do nothing, but if you're someone who's in that price range and there's a new building with better things and the rent's exactly the same, why would you stay in that building? <laughs> you're going to go to the other one. So they're going to have to keep you there and the lower rents provide upgrades, but let's just say they choose to lower rents. Well, then the next building, so let's say they lower their rents to 1500 Well, then the other building that was 1500 is like, uh-oh, I can't compete with that building. I'm going to have to drop my rents to twelve, And then down and down it goes until you get to the class C rental units and they're down 8.8%. It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, I'm going to tear up. I'm going to tear up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is, it's so amazing that I've been, I mean, championing this for, I don't know how long. I mean, obviously the whole time I've been doing the podcast, almost three years, but I was doing it when I was on my radio show. I mean, I've always, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, like it's not rocket science. <laughs> I can figure it out. <laughs> it's like when you build, it's going to put downward pressure on prices. Assuming the demand isn't also impacted by that building, which it's not. Um, so Jay Parsons, here's what he said about this on Twitter. He says, when you build luxury new apartments in big numbers, the influx of supply puts downward pressure on rents at all price points, even the lowest priced class C rentals. Here's the evidence of what's happening right now. He says there are 12 U.S. markets where class C rents are falling at least 6% year over year. What's the common denominator? Supply. All 12 have supply expansion rates above the U.S. average. And in case you're wondering, Wilmington, 4.7% um, above the national average. Raleigh-Durham, uh, they're ranked 11th with Class C rents falling 6.3% year over year. So Raleigh's building, rents fall. Wilmington's building, rents fall. Hmm, maybe there is something to building. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, I'm like never going to stop talking about this. <laughs> the fact that it's happening right here in Wilmington is just, it's amazing. Like, I'm so happy. I'm so, <laughs> I'm like kind of giddy uh, looking at this. That's just, it's, it's awesome. So good job, Wilmington. Proud to, proud to call Wilmington home. It's so great. <laughs> uh, and of course, all the data, uh, if you want to see it in black and white, it's, uh, it'll be in the newsletter this morning, so you can check it out. Um, all right, now let's get on to the busy week. Busy, busy week ahead. Um, like I said, we got, well, we actually, technically we have three reports on a Monday, on a Monday, <laughs> uh, we're kicking things off. New home sales, they are expected to have risen 2.4% to start 2024. And then at 10 o'clock, I know I said this was going to happen on Friday. I got, so the Wilmington, the local metro building data 
comes out on the 17th business day of the month. And so that means you got to take the weekends out. But a lot of times when I'm counting the business days, I'll miss something. So like we had President's Day, that wasn't a business day. And so when I did the count, I thought Friday would be the 17th. You add President's Day, it's today. So, <laughs> so we get uh, Wilmington building permit data. Uh, and then we're going to get some info later today at 6.30, Japan's inflation rate. Remember Japan's stock market... The was it? What is it? The Nikia? I think I'm saying that right. Is it Nikia? Nikki? Nikia? Something like that. <laughs> uh, I don't trade on the uh, Japanese index. It hit like a what was it? it? It got back to the level that it was at in 1989 when the economy crashed. It it just got back. <laughs> That's how long it took them. We've gone back, fallen, gone back. You know, beat the former highs here in the U.S. It's crazy. Just how for granted we sometimes take the U.S. economy because you look at other countries like Japan, it took them, what, 34 years, 35 years to get back what they lost. <laughs> that's, woof, that's crazy. Um, all right, Tuesday, a lot going on. We got durable goods. That's expected to drop, big drop, 4.8% in January. That's what they're expecting Kay Schiller, we'll get um, that. We don't actually. I don't have a prediction for them, um, so we're getting that data along with the FH FA home price index that's also coming out at nine a.m. Then, ooh, consumer confidence ten o'clock on Tuesday. That's expected to hold, so no major drop or anything, but holding at one fourteen. Wednesday is actually kind of light. Mortgage demand and rates, Mortgage Bankers Association, then. Second estimate for the fourth quarter of 2023, expected to hold 3.3%. That's where it was the last time, so no real movement there. And then Thursday, Thursday's a big day, PCE. The Fed's preferred inflation gauge. Prices are expected to have been up 0.3% month over month in January. However, that year-over-year number, slow, 2.4%. So getting closer and closer to 2%, much lower than CPI. Um, and then course PCE, prices are expected to have risen 0.4%. Uh, however, that index is supposed to have slowed as well to 2.8%. Personal income expected to rise 0.4% while spending, it's a little bit of a pullback in spending, 0.2% in January. So we got Decent-sized wage increase. That's got to be worrying the Fed a little bit, uh, actually outpacing inflation. So wages are up 0.4. Inflation possibly up 0.3, if those numbers end up being correct. Uh, jobless claims expected to rise to 210,000. It's so not a big jump there. Pending home sales are expected to have risen 1% to start January. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. Then on Friday... We get inflation data from the euro area and then construction spending is expected to have risen 0.2% in January. So we got a busy week. And can we just go back and talk about Wilmington again? <laughs> oh, the beautiful, beautiful 
yimbyism here in Wilmington that is making my dreams come true. Um, and everyone else's, by the way. I should point out, I mean, this is great news. Rents are falling because we're building. So everyone that's like always saying negative things. I was going to say a bad word there. <laughs> everyone who's saying negative things about all these apartment complexes know that they are having an impact of lowering rents. And who knows? I mean, that could work its way into housing. We could end up seeing a situation where people are like, you know what? I can actually rent for less than I can own. And then that'll put downward pressure on home prices, which, I mean, we, we could use like 5% drop in home prices would not be the end of the world for people here in Wilmington. <laughs> They've made so much. I mean, yeah, it would suck for people that just bought. But, you know, you're going to be in your house for five to 10 years. You're going to make that back pretty quickly. So a little, little, little downturn not the end of the world and it would actually be somewhat of a, a benefit to most people and most people would still hold on to a ton of equity in their homes. All right, we got to go. Um, you guys enjoy your Monday and get, you know, strap in. We got a busy week ahead of us. So enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back here Wednesday morning for another edition of markets and mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.